Welcome to Coach's Corner with your host, Ryan Watson nope, and Jonathan Horton. I'm just letting you know I'm going to hate it. going to hate it? Yeah. All right, here we go now. Get behind that line. We're going to do it right. Do it right. Do it light. Let's go. Welcome back to the Coach's Corner. After a little bit of delay, your hosts are back. I'm Ryan Watson. With me, as always, is Jonathan Bourne. We are brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Find all of our great content, off-season content, thoughts, prayers, whatever else is on there that you do not want to miss at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Jonathan, I know we took a little bit of a break here. We said we would, but we're back. There has been some news in the Titans world, and uh, just to get right into it, uh, I know myself, I was kind of waiting for like the big announcement. Were they going to be a, a shock announcement that you, you saw some names they were that the Titans were tied with and talking to Pep Hamilton, among others, about whether they were going to maybe think outside of the box a little bit for, for the OC position, but they ended up not doing that. Were you surprised at all? Were your expectations kind of flustered a little bit, whelmed? Uh, yeah, whelmed is probably the accurate word. Um, was I surprised? No, no. I think this is a coaching staff that I know that they brought in Lafleur early on, um, but that almost seemed more like a front office move at this point than it was a, a you know a Vrabel move. Now, I, but at the same time, like look, consistency, um, consistency over everything is what this staff seems to value and look there is a an absolute argument to be made for that in the sense of yes communication is big and especially a defense that you want to try and run that has issues um or not well they did have issues but the defense you want to try and run which is a lot of manufactured pressure at least that's the idea of it is something where having those calls, having that consistency, and you're not trying to install another system, I think that, yeah, there is value in that. Unfortunately, and look, <laughs> you you can you can tell me, and we may come, be sitting here next year where this defense was able to bounce back in a big way, where it was all just inconsistent communication um, with them not understanding it, but... In no way, shape, or form can you sell to to me or fans or anything like that that this was the best route. Because, frankly, uh, I've said it time and time again, but this team is probably competing in the AFC Championship, if not the Super Bowl, if this defense was just bad. My greatest tweet of all time was in relation to that, where I there was a lot of arguing back and forth because the whole big argument of, of whether the Titans should have gone after Tom Brady. Because if you got Tom Brady, then you get Gronkowski. And if you get Gronkowski, then you get Antonio Brown. That whole argument thing, and that, oh, look with Brady, he's back in the Super Bowl. The Titans would have been that way. I was like, well, my first thought is the Titans wouldn't, have, or excuse me, Brady wouldn't survive this year with his mobiles. He would have had to have been with all the, the tackle changes and everything. But that's a story for a different time. But my, my thought was, is with all this arguing about the quarterbacks, can we talk about if the Titans just had the Buccaneers defense, they go undefeated. Yeah, I, let, I'm, let me I'm blustering that. a little bit, yeah, but yeah. I mean, good Lord. Let, let me be clear. Because I did say the Titans defense just needed to be bad. Right. 
Like, and I stand by that. I'm not asking for the Buccaneers defense. <laughs> now that's that's a godsend with two pass rushers that can actually get to the quarterback consistently. You got pressure up the middle and sure. a true run stopper in Vita Vea. You got two <sighs> stellar inside linebackers. You're like secondary, be damned at that point. Now it that said, I don't need them to be that. The Titans defense just needed to be bad and not historically bad, and they could make a run. But instead, you talk about. Look, and when you look back on it, this is a team that decided for whatever reason not to hire Shane Bowen into the defensive coordinator role at the end of last season. So I don't well for whatever reason you had there, and I know Vrabel has come out and said, you know, he for all intents and purposes, he was the defensive coordinator. Okay, cool. Then why wasn't he the defensive coordinator? And then if yeah. you're gonna do that, you essentially are saying that you gave him a promotion based on what work you saw from him this past season. In no way, shape, or form are you able to then sell that this is a meritocracy and, th- and things are earned based on what you have done and how you perform because I'm sorry. If you're saying that Shane Bowen was essentially the defensive coordinator, you're either lying and just shifting the blame to him right. by saying that, or you're telling me that you decided what he did was worthy of a promotion. I said this uh, last week when we were discussing this kind of back and forth. I was like, well, this is telling me that you're also saying that the players had some blame in this, that they weren't good. And all season I was thinking, where have these good players gone? Where This was a defense that you you had levels of starting ability in the NFL for other teams. Like they could start for other teams. It wasn't just they were starting because the Titans had no other option. These were top players in their position, and they took steps backwards this year. And the thing I kept thinking was, well, it's got to be the coaching. It's There's got to be something going on philosophy-wise. Now, I – Whatever. We can get into the weeds here about injuries and if they had to try to scheme this, scheme that, or whatever. They tried to answer the pass rush with what they thought they were bringing in. Obviously, that did not work. And they didn't do anything all year to try to change that. So, it's just you go from the same thing, and now you're telling me, well, maybe it's the players that the coach wasn't the problem. And I don't think that's it. But now that you you open yourself for that messaging. And like you said, famously said last year, is you're opening yourself up for criticism by not naming a DC. And now, the guy that was the the, the quote-unquote D.C. the whole time anyway, just gets the job. I mean, and there was no, and as far as I know, all the all the rumors about who they were talking to were on the offensive side of the ball. There was no, there wasn't a ton of like, well, he, he talked about Dean Pease maybe coming back as a... Oh, they, uh, talk, they talked to Terrell Austin. Okay, um, yeah. So they, well. did, they were, were tied to, be, <laughs> to one. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there were some there was conversations, one, yeah. allegedly. Allegedly, so. but I, it doesn't feel, when you see this, that and then DPs doesn't come back in any kind of way because he doesn't want to step on Bowen toes or if you believe any of that. So, I mean, it's just, and, and again, I don't think they they offered Pease the coordinator position. They, they offered him to come back as a consultant from what I'm gathering from hearing. So, But it's just it's just frustrating when you're, you're wanting to make a splash. At the very least, get a different way of thinking in the building because clearly whatever the, the way of thinking last year, wasn't working. I mean, this is not just the worst. This isn't just the one of the worst defense the Titans have had. This is one of the worst defenses in NFL history in some metrics. I mean, it's it's very frustrating, especially when you compare that to this is one of the best offensive runs the Titans have experienced. Oh, it, it, it's frustrating to me because and that's what that's all I meant by that tweet is you give them half of the, the Buccaneers defense and, and and they're they're in the Super Bowl uh, conversation for sure. I mean, hell, they were there last year with with just a little bit more competent of a defense and just it opens up now. You you really hope with the coaching being underwhelming that you hope they make splashes in free agency. You hope they make splashes in the draft because and tell you, I tell you what, John Robinson needs it to 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 kind of 
quiet some of this. I personally think he's done a fantastic job since he's been here. He's allowed one bad year, I think, before people just absolutely give up on him. But at the same time, it, it, it is frustrating to see that he missed on everything last year. And that's I, – I, hey, he's, he's, he's had some whiffs for sure. And, like, look, we can have a little bit of a disconnect here and talk about whether or not, hey, you know, the plan that Robinson brought in with Clowney and Beasley were terrible moves. That's not on the coaches. Well, guess what? The coaches still had Kamale Correa out there. And Kamale Correa is not, you know, uh, some spectacular player. But he was a contributor on this team moving forward, and you decided as a coaching staff not to play him. You said that we can't get from him what we can get from Beasley and from Clowney. And you and look, Beasley was not on that team. And I can tell you that Beasley was not cut on a whim by John Robinson. He was cut because of the performance that he was doing on the field, and that is a coaching thing. And so you're, you made the decision that you didn't need Kamale Correa. And now he may have demanded a trade, but you made that he, he you forced that you forced exactly that. you forced that by not playing him and that's fine if that's going to be your case so it, we have this dichotomy where we say you know John Robinson didn't support uh, Vrabel or Vrabel isn't getting the best out of the players well guess what they, they work together this idea that they don't talk that they don't bring each other uh, together and talk about players and come to some sort of conclusion have you seen them interact in any kind of like setting I mean they they, they clearly can have conversations with each other they clearly don't. There's not a cold shoulder, so I'm I'm sorry for cutting you off, but it's just ridiculous that people are out there saying that. Yeah, so I, I the defense to to run it back. Look, if you if you want to bring in Shane Bowen, I make the joke that I'd rather have Bruce Bowen, but at the same time, if you want to bring Shane Bowen back, that's fine. The problem is, is what you were saying is. What he did last year is okay by giving him a promotion. Right. Even if you ran it back in the exact same way you did previously, and don't tell me you had to give him a promotion because somebody else was coming to try and hire him as defensive coordinator. I mean, like, <laughs> and trust me, if somebody did, let that be their problem. Yeah. Or, or, or here's the thing. You know how you make this right? You come back and you better be damn sure that you were right, that it was players mm -hmm. and that consistency Injuries, fixes all. Right. And so, I mean, but you have to be correct. Yeah, you could, and, you, and again, you're now in the second year of this, opening yourself up for more criticism by making the consistent move. I don't know what else to call it. I mean, just it, 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 lazy is not quite. And here's the thing: I think Vrabel is a great coach. I really do. I, I think that we talked about at the beginning of the season where do, would we rank him among active coaches, and we we were pretty high on him. And I still believe that to be true. Nothing about the season really changed my mind. In fact, I thought he made some positive steps. I I, I think he lost some aggressiveness in some situations uh, with a fourth and two and some other situations like that. And just. I, you know, but he still is a good coach. I think he's capable of making good decisions, but this is a head scratcher. So obviously everyone's upset about the defense because you wanted some sort of like excitement there. A new name at least is excitement because maybe it brings in new a new ideolo ideology, new thought process, a new scheme, possible way of looking at things because that third down defense needs a lot of help. Things that can help that, I know the players can be plugged in and help that, sure, but a new name, a new coaching philosophy could have also sparked some of that excitement. It's just not there. And honestly, I don't hate the offensive coordinator. I, I kept saying, yeah, real, real quick. I, I put on a tweet: the happiest man on the face of the planet had to be Todd Downing <laughs> no on doubt. Friday because everybody not not even just because people were going to be overly critical of it, just people didn't care at that point. 
And as a coach, that's what you want. You just want to coach. Don't worry about the media and everything because right. that dude just skated on by. And look, Downing, I get that you may – we can talk a little bit more more about that. But I'm okay with that because you're replacing somebody that left. You want to do inter- – but that was clearly working. Mm-hmm. And you want – I can understand it may not be exciting. Now, I also will say anybody that's quoting uh, turnover differential – an overall record as a way to judge an offensive coordinator, that's asinine. Absolutely yep. asinine. I, I'm going to miss Art Smith because I, I thought that even for any negatives he had, he had a lot more positives, and he brought some some much-needed balance to this offense, and he also picked his spots where it was with, with before you would have two-man routes, but they felt awful and sluggish. These were creative and working people open. Now, he had some good weapons and, and a quarterback that he had a good relationship with, and maybe he was just a, a perfect reaction, and maybe in some of those games where he kind of faltered, uh, maybe that was the weakness showing, but he was still a relatively young offensive coordinator. I really think if he would have – obviously, how do you turn down being a head coach if that's your dream? But if he sticks it out of third year, I think you would have seen even greater improvement. I think that those games would have been fewer and far between with the the kind of blanks on on the the the, the process and all that. So Towning uh, down Towning, sorry, Todd Downing in the same room, coming from the same type of position that Art Smith did from the tight ends on up. With, so with experience, calling with experience plays. calling plays before, which is actually if you want to go back to day one of Art Smith. I, some people might consider that a leg up on the when Hart Smith got the job because I know he had some red zone feedback and some stuff like that when he came in. We talked about that a long time ago. But Downing has played it, called NFL plays again. And I've seen some quotes out there about saying, oh, he took a sixth-rate offense to 17. That was the year that, like, Derek Carr broke 17 bones in his body and, and had, a, you know, the offensive line was out to get him for, for comments, apparently, that were being made, not to get into all that. But it didn't seem like a healthy locker room to be done with. And the fact that he was still producing anything – with all that going on, you know, whatever. I'm willing to give him a chance. I'm definitely more more up on Downing than I am on Bowen. That's that's 100% for sure. Would I have loved, you know, like a, a new, uh, like an outside source from college? Maybe, depending on who it was. Um, enemy, maybe. You know, but I don't think you're digging him away because he's wanting that head coach as that next spot. So who knows there? Uh, there were some San Francisco guys you would have loved, but they, they're tightly holding on to those guys. So, But downing with everything considered is not a bad choice to, to usher this offense going forward because consistency there isn't a bad thing because this offense is one or two plays away from beating the Ravens, honestly. They're one or two plays, uh, you know, with staying better in that Chiefs game two years before. And so this offense doesn't need much more. It does need something you've been begging for for years and speed. But as far as a lot of the other components, depending on what happens to Corey Davis, depending on what happens there on the outside – has a lot of pieces that can still make this engine go. Yeah, I mean, it, look, on offense, your biggest concern is that you're an offense built around the least sustainable position in football, and that's the running back position. I think Derrick Henry is a freak of nature, but the, he's not going to be playing until till he's 45 like the quarterback position plays. And I know Tannehill has been a guy that has definitely put up great numbers, but I think everybody would kind of agree he's complimentary. And I don't mean that as a negative. When I say complimentary, I mean the complimentary with a, with an E. And in that sense, he, he kind of completes the system. But he hasn't been a guy that stands alone on his own. Now, you could argue that Henry maybe not has his... They are very symbiotic in what they do for each other. But Henry is going to fall off at some point. Now, I don't know if it'll be next year. I don't expect 2,000 yards again. But this team has got some issues with the drop back passing that they have got to continue to develop for this window, this yep. this window that they have 
to remain open. And the biggest worry you have is that if that defense does not make a step forward and that offense takes any sort of semblance of a step back, this, this, it could get ugly and things could turn on Vrabel fairly quickly. And I, I do, don't think he's a bad coach, but we talk about some, we talk about malarkey when he got fired it was the talk of the town was about how he was too loyal to his coaches. Doug his heels in. And that is exactly what the Bowen hire reeks of right now, that it's loyal to his guys. It better work out. Otherwise, you, you think the people, you think the, the little chatter about Fire Vrabel was loud this year, because it really wasn't, but it was annoying to hear. Well, it may not be as annoying to hear if, if there's more failure on defense after these kind of moves, because the 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 um, lazy, not, I don't say lazy take, but the, the simple take is that he only hires buddies or hires people he knows, and he's not willing to bring in people who can maybe challenge his voice as the warrior. Maybe there's ego problems. I know that Titans film room, Justin Graver had some back and forth on, on Twitter about that, but I'm, I'm not saying that that's the case, but you're damn sure opening yourself up for that criticism if this continues or if it goes wrong. So yeah. we'll see if it works out. I'd also just say, because another question about ego, I don't necessarily say it's ego. It could be a loyalty issue. Sure. I won't necessarily say ego. Um, look, he is. Oh, I wasn't he, saying he, it. No, no, no. Either, he, so, is yeah. a, he is a cocky, arrogant guy. There's nothing yeah. about that. There's you a can, difference. He, he's a type A. That's right. not going to change. I'm not going to say he does not have an ego, but I think he can win with that ego. It's also what I love about him. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it is something here. And, and look, this is also an 11-5 and five football team that hosted a playoff game. So we are aware of that on this show. We are aware of that at Broadway Sports. At the same time, as you read the tea leaves and moving forward, there is a slippery slope there. And the decisions that they have decided to make, they better be right. Right. They better be right. Yeah, they better be. Uh, and again, that's looking forward to the season. We'll have a lot more to talk about because obviously my opinions or my my feelings towards this coaching announcements are going to um, roller coaster around based on free agent moves, draft moves, uh, draft picks, all those kind of things. Because if they put in some pieces around these, uh, you know, they go after a loss and at edge at free agency, stuff like that. I may be a little less inclined to just because maybe if you give Bowen more weapons that actually will be weapons. And who knows? I know it's not the most popular thing, but I wouldn't hate Clowney back on a cheap, you know, if the price is right, a cheaper deal. Uh, Mike Miracles was saying, bring J.J. Watt in as much as people hate him. You'd take him at the right price. And sure, if anyone can contribute, I'd take them. And, and well, that could change maybe my feelings on some of this coaching stuff. But moving on there, because that was the big announcement, was kind of, I was hoping to have the show a little more excitement. Like, look who they're getting. Let's look at their past or whatever. Now I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> I hate to say that, but there was some other stuff going on in the football world. We don't have a pro bowl or anything. I know there was some Madden stuff going on, but I was even less interested than normal, which what's below zero. I, I really don't know. Like that was my interest in pro bowl. Usually it was bad this year, but the senior bowl was going on. Senior bowl is hosted in my home area where I'm from my, my stomping grounds down in Mobile, Alabama. And it's always been kind of near and dear to my heart because when I was younger, I would go over there to the practices and, and kind of see some things. My dad knew some people there, so I, not that I got in with anything, but I was allowed to be at practices when most kids weren't. I won't say kid. I was, you know, college, high school age. So it's always been kind of fun for me for those events. And my question is, is, is as far as the Senior Bowl, what importance is that for? Because I've got some thoughts on my own. We may have the same thoughts there, but how important is that for NFL teams and then for the college kids? Yeah, I mean, I can talk about it. From a Titan-specific standpoint, I think it's really important. They expanded the time allowed and number of players that they were allowed to meet with. And you talk about a team that, um, saying that they whiffed on Isaiah Wilson last year um, and not picking up on his kind of attitude, that would be an understatement. 
Um, he is absolutely somebody that uh, I think you can label as a bust as of right now, and it would be a dramatic turnaround, maybe even for him to be on the team <laughs> going into next season. So the idea that you need to figure out who these players are as people this may be your only real shot with yeah. it not being a true combine. Everything else is going to be through uh, Zoom meetings or digitally. You got to take advantage of this. Sure. And so I do think the Senior Bowl, while important every year, that aspect of meeting with players and getting to know them, um, that's even more important this year because you look, you can't miss on an entire draft, which is what you essentially did last year. When you were the Titans, you got very little. And I think Christian Fulton and Darrington Evans can still be players. I think they obviously dealt with injuries. You still got nothing out of them. You got nothing out of them last year. So uh, you have got to get some impact players, and you can't miss. And if you do miss, it better damn well be because of what they do on the football field because you can't just take – because you essentially gave away a first-round pick and got nothing, absolutely nothing other than headaches. And it doesn't look like Isaiah is going to be turning his life around anytime soon, just based on if you believe social media. And that's where his life has been, is being a sh- showing off on, on social media, not really doing the right thing. So I, in my mind, it's just a wasted pick. L- move on. Forgive. I mean, not forgive. Forget. <laughs> move on. Go on to the next year. And, and, you're, and you're right. It's, it's, it's very important for these NFL teams to be able to spend time that extra time and get to know them because they obviously misread or got bad information. And that's the thing. And that's the thing about interviews though. Right. And that's the thing about when first you, you always have, you never, you never get another chance to have that first impression. Well, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've come across people that didn't want their true selves in interviews because they're selling a better profile. And very much happened with what happened with Isaiah Wilson and I'm not sure if any more meetings would have, maybe more meetings, more meeting time would have exposed some of that. Maybe he would have run out of his practiced sayings. I don't know, but it's a good thing for sure. It's also real good to see how like these smaller school players get a chance to really shine. I'm going to butcher this name, but Quinn Mirnez, Miners. Yeah, the belly the, guy. The Wisconsin Whitewater. I played Wisconsin Whitewater in college uh, twice, I think, while I was there. And they're, they were a heck of a team for a D3 program. They gave us fits both times and went up there and played there. It's a beautiful stadium. I, I'm and I, So I see the name like, oh, I know that school. And just watching him perform against – and one of the reps I saw was against uh, Titans draft darling Patrick Jones, and he just absolutely pancakes him. He was doing that kind of stuff all weekend. So it's good to see those, those smaller schools guys get that spotlight as well so maybe you can see something there especially you know I know the offensive line isn't the biggest need maybe tackle is based on how that went last year but you are going to need some interior backup at some point in time based on ages of guys and where they're getting so it's, it's kind of good to see that also to get the the receivers out there Mac Jones helped himself out uh, con, uh, considerably he was one of the big winners of senior bowl with being able to work with coaches communicate and see if these guys can actually not just if the tape, the tape is probably the most important thing. That's why I've always said that. But then you can get and see how they relate, what you're telling them on the field, and see how they interact. And if it's all clicking already, then it's it's just bonus points. And that's what happened with guys like uh, Michael Carter, Mac Mac Jones, uh, Ian Book even had some some positive results, which kind of surprised me because I'm, I'm way low on Ian Book. But yeah, somebody else can draft him. Yeah, I, no, I'm not saying that at all. But so it, the Senior Bowl, I think, is something that the Pro Bowl, in my opinion, can go away. I you give the guys the yeah you made the you were made the Pro Bowl roster, congratulations. Here's a bunch of virtual things you can do. Maybe keep the skills because they're entertaining at times. Maybe the dodgeball was fun that one year, that kind of stuff. But as far as the game, who cares? Senior Bowl, very not, much not the players. Like, nope, 
Players definitely don't. No. Senior Bowl, though, it's it's a great opportunity. And, and, and it's not uh, – obviously, I know that this was kind of a weird year for all that. It's probably not the highest-rated thing. But it is a good thing for those guys, and especially if you can get these stories like Quinn – you know, out there, the belly offensive lineman, and just have – he raises his draft. Like, man, I've got drafted. He's probably going to get drafted now. He had a hell of a week. Yeah, two things. One, if you're a Titans fan, you, you know, I, I love the dude, the look that he gives. He, like, he, he just looks like he's a guy that you would love to have on your team. Also got flashbacks of Chance Warmack. I mean, when you talk about bringing that belly out, Warmack, and as they called it, yeah, that's some uh, PTSD flashbacks when they took them. I'm not saying I think Warmack did it on accident. I think this guy's doing it on purpose. Yeah, and there's a not, difference to me. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see. That's kind of in jest. I, can, um, you, can you imagine Quinn in the same room with Ben Jones and Taylor Lewan oh yeah, and, and Dennis Kelly? <laughs> yeah, the, the only thing I would say uh, that's also key about the Senior Bowl is with the opt-outs that were out there this yeah, summer. Yeah. These guys did not play, and mm-hmm. so this is the first time. This is a really, really unique, even more so than last year, um, in in how you're going to scout guys because some of these guys have been opt outs that haven't played football in a year. So you're doing 2019 tape, and so it's it, it's going to be a very unique season mm-hmm. it, when you talk about scouting. But I think that ability to have that face to face communication is going to be really key, and yep. so I think this is a very important element for this draft cycle um and titans had a good contingent down there um but yeah i think i agree with everything that you said senior bowl sometimes goes scraped under the radar um also really good experience if you ever have time to go down there and just experience it because you talk about uh you can just go to a bar around there and it's a who's who of who you're going to run into oh yeah for sure and 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 you've you've given me crap about this next statement in in our personal life fast and i'm not saying it's the best seafood in america but it's pretty damn good seafood because you're close enough to the beach it's fresh and that's the key component with seafood is if if it's fresh there's some great restaurants on the causeway there in mobile and you're 30 minutes from gulf shores where there's some even better seafood and just it's just it's a good there's not a whole lot to like about some areas throughout Alabama at times but that's a good one especially around that time of year if you can go catch it so do yourself a favor if you can yeah no I completely agree I mean it's it's easily one of the you know top 10 places in lower (coughs) southern Alabama for seafood yeah okay anyway so uh (laughs) that's that's what's going on out there in the world a little bit of Titans news the last thing just just real quick before we close the show out is you do have can we say the, the? I don't think we can say the word. I don't know how that goes, but the you know the large bowl the games. large bowl game is going on this weekend, and you've got the it's it's already being pinned as the old goat versus the emerging new goat at quarterback, and and when you've got Brady versus Mahomes, um, I'm going to be pulling for the Chiefs. I, I think that's obvious. I, I you know I, I know it may be tiresome to see them go back to back, but I, it would thrill me to no end if they if they could do that. And plus, it, it tells me because they don't have the most spectacular defense in the world. They were better. I think they were better on defense this year than they were last year. Um, but it just gives me hope that, again, if the Titans just can get a little better on defense, just a little bit, and just a little better on offense, that they could they could compete in this game, compete with the Chiefs. So that's who I'll be pulling for. It's, it's definitely interesting to see Brady get back. You know, it is what it is. He had a lot of offensive weapons around him. He had a decent year. Middle part was a little shaky, but he finished strong. Defense was really strong for the Buccaneers. They're a good team. I think it's going to be a great game. I couldn't care less about this game. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to watch it. I'm absolutely going to watch it, but it's hard to get invested. You know, you, you want to be invested in storylines. You want to be invested in the team. So instead, I've got a guy who I've been watching for 20 years do it, facing a guy that I – 
pretty sure I'm going to have to watch for the next 20 years do it. <laughs> uh, there's just no, like, cool, I'll tune in next year and see, you know, Mahomes doing it. Or I'm going to see somebody that I've seen do it. I want to see something new. I feel like I'm watching reruns or previews, and that's all I'm getting right here. Now, look, I, I get it, and I'm, this is me talking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit because I'll also sit there and tell you that people need to appreciate greatness and LeBron James and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I just... And I agree that you should appreciate what Mahomes is, but from excitement for this specific game, eh. Like, I just don't I don't have a ton of appeal for it. Like I said, I'm absolutely going to watch the game. I, I think the Chiefs are just too much, and maybe that, as somebody who, you know, covers and watches the Titans, maybe that's more just depression speaking because uh, <laughs> I, I think ultimately the Titans, may their window may be opening right as another dynasty is opening, and it's also in the AFC sucks and you said you said that was the worry last year too and it's just playing out that way for sure so we'll see what happens in the game i will be watching as well hit us up in the comments on twitter somewhere at uh, coaches what is our twitter <laughs> at coaches on broad uh at ryan on broadway at jb on broad hit us up let us know what your predictions are for the for the if you have any if you have any questions or anything we can maybe talk about next show but that's going to close it out for us this week. This has been the Coach's Quarter, part of Broadway Sports Media, part of 440 Sports. Be sure and check out all of our other articles, breakdowns, interviews, everything else that's going on for Broadway Sports at broadwaysportsmedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTN. But until next time, we out. See you.